0: Welcome. Welcome to Awards Night, Locked on Marlins Awards Night. We are locked and loaded with tons of gongs to give out on today's episode. Sean Barrett is in the house. Takes One Made is in the house. And Sam Clark is in the house. The panel is ready. Are you ready? Well, if you aren't, it's time to tune out. If you are, let's go. It's all here on today's Locked on Marlins. Greetings and welcome to Locked on Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt. Don't forget to follow me, of course, guys, on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you are listening on the podcast, hit subscribe. It's available free and everywhere. And there's still five episodes a week, even when the Marlins don't play. Yes, even when they aren't playing. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit subscribe there too. Yes, there is a YouTube channel. And if you are watching, you will see there are three studs in the house, three of the sexiest panelists I have ever seen in my life, all coming together for Locked On Marlins Awards night. And just to call it out right now, there's gonna be at least three episodes worth because there's that many awards to give out and there's gonna be that many segues. So just to call it out now, this is gonna be at least three, maybe four episodes. Let me introduce you to the panel guys. And first off, the UK GOAT, my wingman co-pilot, Sean Barrett is in the house. Sean, how are we doing brother?
2: I'm not sure I should be deserving top billing here. Um, I feel slightly under the shadow of some fantastic guests. No, no, no. Uh, and that's uh, that's always a good thing.
0: Well, absolute mate, you have been a stalwart all year on On Marlins, mate, and I truly appreciate you for doing that and uh, delighted to have you in. I'm looking forward to this one. We also have we also have Kenny in the house. Takes were made. Kenny, how are we doing? Uh, doing as well as
3: I could be, you know, <laughs> moving forward, I guess. It's a... Uh, obviously i moved on from marlins baseball a while ago but i'm mm-hmm. glad to be here you had me on last year for the same award show and it's going to be fun to give out some awards right there are a couple yeah. of people diver- deserving literally maybe just a couple like two but uh <laughs> but maybe maybe i'll look around here on fangrass and find someone else worthy of, of an award but uh i'm doing well thank you for asking Pete.
0: good man great to have you back mate looking forward to this one and the fourth member of the panel, Sam Clark from the absolutely stunning and hilarious NL Feast pod. Sam, how are we doing, brother?
1: Peter, I'm doing good. Excited to uh, to give some awards out. Excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me, my friend.
0: All right, boys. Let's, let's go. Let's get the creative juices flowing. And before we give any award out, we need to just summarize in the briefest of forms the 2022 Miami Marlins in a single word or single emoji. I will let Sam take the honors first. Sam, one Thank word. You. Thank you, Peter. Absolutely. I,
1: uh, <laughs> who, I'm not as familiar us? with emojis. I don't feel especially qualified for this, but one immediately comes to mind, and it's, the, it's just the, the freezing cold face that looks like they've been in Antarctica for <laughs> seven full years. Uh, I think that describes probably like 12 of the Marlins hitters we saw mm-hmm. uh, over the course of this season. So that, that's, the, that's the thing that first came to, first came to the Dome.
0: Well, I'm going to congratulate you. You are now a, you know, you're an emoji specialist now. So you have graduated. (laughs) That's going on the
1: resume or the CV. Stick it on the
0: CV. Yes, sir. Get and just a a little plugged over to to LinkedIn Jobs. They're not even the sponsor of this episode. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Doesn't matter. LinkedIn Jobs, baby.
1: I'm going to be appearing in searches all week.
0: All week. You are with that, with the freezing cold face emoji. Absolutely (laughs) love it. (laughs) Kenny, have you got an emoji or a word for us for the 22 Marlins?
3: I think everyone listening's first reaction when they hear emoji is probably the, the, the turd emoji, but I'm going to go with the, <laughs> with, the, with the vomiting emoji because yeah. like, like it's been proven like shit can be used for good things. It could be turned into like manure and it could raise trees and, 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 and vegetables. And it, it has a, a purpose. The Marlins serve no purpose to anyone on earth. <laughs> uh, so it's vomiting. Like vomiting is just a disgusting act that you hate to see it. You hate to do mm. it. You hate to hear it. And that's how I felt about the Miami Marlins. <sighs>
0: I mean, that was that was an artist's description of the vomit emoji. I mean, that is, that is truly wonderful. Sean Barrett, we've had the freezing emoji. We've had the vomit emoji. Where do you land on this one?
2: Well, for the first time, that's going to be hard to follow. Um, I'm, not, I'm not good with emojis either, and anyone that used to listen to us on Fish Across the Pond knows you love your, basically, yeah, say say an emoji to explain your feelings. I can't really do that. And I, I spoke last week about the season being disappointing. I think that's the word I'd use. But... I want to use today typical because this is not the first time we've experienced this, and mm. it's certainly not going to be mm. the last time we experience it. This has been a typical Marlin season.
0: It really has. This, this is now the new norm. It's the new normal, yeah. unfortunately. and yeah. uh, Not good. Not good. Not good. Guys, I hope that has got the creative juices flowing. Last year, my emoji, when I listened back, it was the rat rocket. I doubled up. I went two emojis. (laughs) And to be honest with you, I feel exactly the same way about this season. To Sean's point, this is a typical situation. And I would love... To just fire this rat season right into the moon as well, like Marte's rocket. So I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna double down on the on the Marte rocket. What a stunning moment, by the way, in Marlin's Twitter that was. It oh, was... that
1: that took Marlin's Twitter by storm. I remember like uh, logging on Twitter and be like, "What the hell is going on here?" I, I sat out for ten minutes, and before I knew it, every, the whole thing was ablaze.
3: <laughs> that's the, that's well... the day everyone found out that I that I worked at Chuggy e. Cheese as well. Oh my just god! Of, I, I, I I I don't know how. Half of Marlon's Twitter was roasting me for working at Chuck E. Cheese and then the other half was roasting Marte for putting a video of a rat Tyson to a pocket. <laughs> it was all
0: time day. I was like, How the hell did I find myself in this, but I'm not sure who got the biggest roast in either. I think it could have been you, you know, and it's it, yours has continued longer. Like it's it's, oh, yeah, no,
3: it's forever, in Twitter time, I, I can't I can't reply to Craig on Twitter without him responding with a picture of Chucky Cheese. It'll follow me around forever.
1: It's the bit that never dies.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess that's it. I I, I appreciate it. I I find the the humor in it. You know, some people think I get upset. I I, I think it's funny. I wouldn't mind more people calling me Chucky Cheese, I suppose.
0: (laughs) All right, boys. Well, it feels like we are ready. The creative juices are fully cranked. So let's open up the awards ceremony. And for me, we have to start with a positive. We have to. We have to get off with positive. And no, it is not the pitcher of the year. We can't start there, guys. That's too obvious. For those that have been watching along on Twitter, I've put tons of polls up. It is poll upon poll upon poll. If you had the notifications on for me on Sunday, you were, you were blitzed. You were absolutely <laughs> dusted with, uh, with polls. We're going to start with what I think is my favorite one, and it is Offensive Player of the Year. Wow. <laughs> Where else could we start than Offensive Player of the Year? Boy, oh boy, what a stunning start. Um, I've put out a couple of candidates, a shortlist. And, you know, the polls, they give you four options. Frankly, after one, I, I struggled. I, and I realized you have to put more than one up to make it a poll. <laughs> so I had to, had to dig into it. Um, We've seen the names. Jazz was mentioned in there. De La Cruz mm-hmm. for his September. Nick Fortes, you know, your backup catcher. That kind of sums it up, too. And John Birdie for stealing... Ah, the most bases in in baseball. So well done, John Birdie. They they're the shortlist. However, I'm happy for you guys to throw in any other name that you wish. Um, Sean Barrett, I will let you take the first stab at offensive player of the year for the Marlins. Who stands out to you there on this uh, on the, in this category?
2: Well, before obviously saying the obvious name, you know I'm going to give some love to Coop. I mean, the the first half that he had, mm-hmm. the All Star season that he was having. And, um, you know, he had injuries, <laughs> lo and behold, some injuries that uh, interrupted his second half on multiple occasions. Um, and it was from getting hit by pitch, mostly. So, again, it is a case of it's just unfortunate luck. Um, I've seen some people talk about the idea that he just can't get out of his own way, which is, you know, probably unfair. It is what it is. Um, but he was he's had a good season. And, and after the injuries, came back and actually had a little period of time as well where he looked like his first half um self so Coop definitely had a good year when healthy which is pretty much his whole career but it's jazz isn't it my my bust of the year preseason is the offensive player of the <laughs> of the season for the Marlins so Rashad,
1: is that true you had jazz as your bust of the year
2: I did not I, it wasn't a bust in the sense of that I thought he was going to be you know, not a good player but yeah. it was that idea of the contact rate was low Okay. And you know, his stolen base um success is still, even after this year, very low. Yeah. And I didn't account for growth and, and he definitely grew um, and got became a better player. So yeah, you know, I
0: can get better stick for that, I'm sure. <laughs> that's one of the beautiful things of podcasting daily or weekly or monthly. However, the receipts are always They're there. All
1: and that's there. the beautiful
0: <laughs> thing. You can <laughs> delete there. things on Twitter. You can't delete these episodes. <laughs> so uh, that is the beautiful thing. Um, I, I, I'm with you, mate. Cooper Loop probably should have been on this list. I mean, he was an all-star, and so Cooper should have been. And his first half was stunning. The second half was stunning for a different reason, in completely the opposite way. Um, yeah. Sam, what about you on this one? Who stands out for you? Is it Jazz and Jazz alone?
1: So that seems like the easy answer, right? Jazz was mm-hmm. the most electric Marlins player on the offensive side of the ball, and it wasn't even close. The man was doing everything. He was stealing bases. He was ripping 100-mile-an-hour pitches out of the park. Uh, obviously all the swagger and confidence and just, uh, a character that comes with jazz, uh, makes him exciting. I'm going to go dark horse candidate, mainly because of how surprising I was. Now I pulled up the baseball reference page. Uh, the war is good. The, the, um, the offensive statistics leave a little bit desired, but John birdie, man, anytime that man got on base, it was, it was electric and exciting. You always knew he was going to try to steal second, maybe try to steal third in 2020 case, maybe try to steal home. Um, but, uh, and, and the funny part was the catchers knew it too. Everybody knew it too. And it just didn't stop him from, from, uh, from stealing base. Like you said, led major league in stolen bases, despite the fact that he missed a good chunk of the season too. Uh, yeah. and last year he was on that, sh- that like kind of shit list where we were talking about the utility players that would come in and just drag the offense down and look awful. And birdie kind of, um, turned, turn that uh, narrative around a little bit. So I think, uh, I think for that reason, I'm going with our short King John birdie.
0: Yeah. That's uh, I think that's a fair pump. In in reality, we've got jazz. We've got an honorable honorable mention for Coop. We've mm-hmm. got Bird Kenny. What about you, mate? Is is Avicel Garcia appearing on this list for you? Uh,
3: no, he's he's definitely not. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want him. The only list I want him to appear on is like a no fly list or something because I just <laughs> don't want this guy anywhere around my team anymore. But um, the I I love that John Birdie pick because I was looking at his 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 numbers were fantastic, and then. Yeah, slugging's down, but on base percentage was one of the highest on the teams. He was he played a lot. And then even if if your slugging's not going to be high, but you're going to be stealing every bag, you kind of like don't care about the fact that he's not hitting for extra base hits consistently. Like he was 100%. walking, getting on base a lot. Like, and that's kind of what you'd like to see. Walking at ten point four percent, stuff like that. He's a really good pick. Uh Garrett Cooper is another like it, it was great to see Coop get into the all-star game. It was great to see him for a while there. He like kind of kept us afloat while Birdie was out, uh, Soler was our, out, Garcia was trash, and he did the best job he could to, to keep us afloat. Because up until two weeks before the All Star game, we were all kind of like, "Hey, we're hanging around. Like, let's if we can mm-hmm. stay afloat, stay within a certain number of games back, we can probably be buyers at the deadline. And without Coop, that's not possible. Because we all yeah. know Jazz went out before that. With all that being said. The award for me goes to Jazz. (laughs) And like it's, it's (laughs) that I, similar to Sean, I was expecting, I thought Jesus Sanchez was going to have a better season than Jazz. You know, that's kind of where I was. I, I, it was one of those preseason hype things for me. Like I did Jesus Sanchez with the power and the just the tools he had. But at the same time, Jazz has better tools. Jazz has speed. Jazz can, he improved fielding as well. But this is obviously an offensive award. I mean, he missed like half the season way more than half the season he played 60 games and he finished second on the team in home runs. The other, the leader in home runs uh, was the F8. So, I mean, I, like, it's, <laughs> you know, that, that speaks to a lot about what the Marlins are, but I mean, to me, it goes to jazz. I, I loved what I saw. You know, the K numbers were down a bit, 27.4%. A lot of people would expect that to be like mid thirties. So it looked better there. He was walking a bit more stolen bases, typical jazz, you know, 14 home runs, 12 stolen bases to do 60 games. It looked like he was really on pace for like a great year, and then you consider the fact that supposedly he had a knee injury from spring training.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was all a torn meniscus, right? Was that what yeah, it was? Yeah, he had
3: to a torn meniscus while doing all this. Like, I, I, it, it makes. I get it. There, are the, you know, we're gonna hear a lot of injury prone talk about Jazz, and rightfully so. Like, you know, you miss time two straight years, and you, it begins to become a discussion. At this point, man, like when he's on the field, he is so damn valuable. He, he 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 is the real deal and he gets the award for me. Like he he single-handedly don't get me wrong, I said about Coop and I give Coop a lot of credit. I give Birdie a lot of credit. But when Jazz is playing, the Marlins are as close to must watch as, as they'll ever be. And of course, our 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 horse, horse hung ace. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh boy, the the PG rating here for Lockdown. on. I, uh, I, really... I was
3: gonna say horse something else, but I tried to go as, as PG as possible. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, are really, we, yeah. are we a this?
1: Is this a PG rating? I feel like I've gotten a little off the more more towards a PG thirteen myself. I think Takes was leaning more towards NC seventeen there, but. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the good news is, is no one's actually listening at the moment, anyway. So we could say whatever <laughs> we wanted; like it really wouldn't matter. But you know, nevertheless, you know, with these big names, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this show, no doubt. Um, I think, guys. Well, unsurprisingly, the the Twitter poll is with you boys. Over half of the voters taking Jazz, John Birdie in second as well. Uh, limited amounts for Dela Cruz, Fortes, and limited amounts of honorable mentions for Garakuba. Jazz Chisholm is the offensive player of the year for the Marlins. If I had some sound effects, I would play them now and they would be an applause. I don't have the effects, so we will move it on, boys. The next award is probably my favorite one of the year, and it is the reliever of the year. Ooh. It is it is a stunning plethora of names in this. Um, again, I put out a few suggestions. Again, if I could have put a poll out with zero names on it, I probably would have done it, to be honest. It was a bit tricky, um, Sam, here's here's what you've got to work with here. I put forward okay. Tanner Scott, who led the team in saves, by the way, Tanner Scott, with 20 <laughs> saves, 2-0. Uh, Dylan Floro, who was second with 10 saves. Um, AJ Ladwig, who I put up there, I think came up and got absolutely blown up for a game, and then we never saw him again. Uh, Big Dick Blyer um, had three balks in one inning, so there's that. <laughs> That's um, exciting. It's... You know, I could have put Anthony Bender out there, our closer to start of the year, who oh, couldn't yeah. close anything to start the year. And then is now had Tommy John. It's been an up, up. well, it's been not an up and down year. It's been a down year for the bullpen, <laughs> I think, <laughs> in general. It's been absolutely turgid. So, what? <laughs> the <laughs> you Titanic, yeah.
1: it was The Titanic.
0: <laughs> it really was. It was the Titanic. Celine Dion was playing very loud <laughs> in the clubhouse. Who's your reliever of the year, if indeed you can pick one?
1: I'm going off the list, Peter, and this will oh, be a controversial, do. controversial pick. I'm going Anthony Bass. Now I'm doing it because of his seventh and eighth innings in mm-hmm. like June, uh, June and July. And also he brought us back Jordan Groshans. Come on. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's the best thing a reliever did for us all year. Um, sticking <laughs> with Anthony Bass, loud Marlins fans, favorite Marlins player in the history of the organization. No um, yes. No, I'm, I'm sticking with my boy Bass. We're going
0: bass fishing, Peter. Bassman it is. Kenny, what about you? The Bassman 2?
3: This is reliever of the year, correct? Correct. Correct. <laughs> man. <laughs>
0: Sponsored by Brad Ziegler, I believe, on this
3: one. I'm going to go... Oh, this is tough because they all suck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what, man? He got a lot of shit. But it's not his fault. It's It's kind of the position the organization put him in. I'm gonna go Tanner Scott. No, I'm gonna okay. go Tanner Scott because I I think the stuff he has and for like is is really good. I do think he will still be a really good reliever, and I I think I remember everyone on Twitter. It was a very like we were all together on this, and we said Tanner Scott like isn't gonna be the closer yet, and he probably shouldn't be. He has command issues, and then surely enough, in typical Marlins fashion, injuries happen, and he's thrusted into a closer role right away. I, I think his stuff plays a lot. I think he changed mm. a little bit down the stretch. I hated, 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 hated that you're a lefty that throws 98, 99, and you weren't using your fastball barely ever. It just seemed like it was just slider, 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 slider.
1: over and over again, yeah. It,
3: and it was just like, what are we doing? His slider's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But the whole point here is like, you're playing a chess match with a batter. You're trying to confuse hitters. Like, you're you're trying to show them both pitches because if you use them enough, a hitter can't just predict what you're going to throw. So he was doing fairly well while being the most predictable pitcher in baseball. So I I I my award goes to him because I think he got a lot of shit but I think he will end up being very good. I think the command issues are still there obviously but mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, if Mel Almire stays with this garbage organization, he'll he'll get another offseason to work for him and and I think Tanner Scott's going to be really good. I, my award goes to Tanner Scott.
1: Kenny, do you think that the the pitch selection issues came from like a Stallings thing, a confidence in the pitches specifically thing. Was it like a managerial decision? Like, because there were multiple times where saves were blown because he threw like five sliders in a row, uh, and it was the most frustrating thing to watch. What do you think the the issue was?
3: Man, I wish I knew. Right. I, I mean, yeah. like there, there were times where <laughs> where Stallings in general would have questionable like like pitch calls behind the plate. Even some games with Sandy, it would happen. You know, there there yeah. were games with Pablo, it would happen, and it. It's hard to tell. Right. Because like Stoudemire is this evil genius. And you'd think after a certain amount of games, Stoudemire would look at this sheet and be like, oh, you're throwing like 92 percent sliders. Yeah. Like maybe we should mix in your 99 mile per hour fastball. Like it's it's I, I, I wish I knew who exactly it was. I know that he maybe maybe he didn't have much confidence in his fastball. Yeah, maybe that's he's not. Like, like, I don't I don't I don't I can't I can throw it really hard. God knows where it's going to go. Who knows where it's so, going? Yeah, yeah. Joe yeah. Kelly so style. I, I hope he, he can improve on that going into next year because he could be a legitimate like threat in the back end of the bullpen.
0: Agreed. Um, good follow up question as well, by the way. I actually <laughs> think it's in his in his head. I, I don't think they could just legitimately call fifty eight sliders in a row. Yeah. Like no one's yeah. going to do oh that. So it must be it must be a mental thing. I think he yeah. had a touch of the the Tayron Guerrero's with the fastball. So, <laughs> um, Sean Barrett, what about you on this reliever of the year, mate? Well, it
2: was originally going go with Bass for the same reasons that sounded in the sense that, you know, he got us that return to Grosjean. So he actually pitched really well, um, was not mm. giving up any home runs for a guy that was hit, you know, gets a lot of fly balls. So I think it was a lot of luck there as well. But after the season we saw from last year, the fact that the Marlins were able to flip that to return it for something that could theoretically be a starting third baseman uh, at the major league level is, is probably better than any other pitcher that the Marlins actually have. When well, next was going to be Scott, and that got stolen as well. I think that first half, uh, you know, especially to begin the season, the walks were really, really down. And then when he got the job in June, the walks were still really low, pitched really well. And then all that out of nowhere, the walk rate just spiked again, and we saw mm. what we've seen from him his whole career. So seeing that they've both been stolen, I'm going to go with uh, Shohei ashani 2.0 and go Williams Astadio.
3: Oh baby, <laughs> oh, zero
1: baby.
2: ERA. I mean, what more do I need
1: to say? <laughs> the stats speak for themselves.
0: They do. The stats do speak for themselves, and the Twitter poll is speaking for itself as well. And guys, we have a well, we've got a split decision here. Um, Twitter tells me Dylan Floro is the reliever of the year. That's mainly because Bass wasn't on the list, so that's okay. That's kind of you know a tough one for the Bass man. Um, Floro wins that. We've then got Bass. We've got Scott. And we've got Astadio. Um, Let me just throw these other numbers at you briefly because this also, I think, helps in this decision-making process. So Tanner Scott had 27 save opportunities and 20 saves. By my my calculations, that's seven blowies. Seven blowies for Tanner Scott. Not optimal. Not good. Not good. Floro. I had 14 opportunities and 10 saves. Bender, six saves. He was third on the team, by the way, with six. Eight opportunities. And also, I have to shout this out. Shout out to Lewis Head. Lewis Head. That's true. I forgot about him. (laughs) One save for him in one opportunity. Jeff Brigham, one save and one opportunity. And shout out to Big Dick, too. One save in five opportunities for Big Dick Blyer. (laughs) What a rancid season. I still believe in Richard Blyer, though. I will put it out there right now. guys. I think the man who was deactivated from Twitter now after an absolute meltdown in the postseason, for me, should be the Marlins reliever of the year. He should be. (laughs) It's the perfect, perfect guy. He deserves it. The Marlins get back Jordan Groshans, I think is actually going to be starting a third base next year. And so to turn Bassman into your starting third baseman for 23, whether he's any good, we'll find out. But for me, I'm going to overrule everything now and give it to the Bassman. (laughs) So well done, Anthony Bass. Uh, someone tag him in Instagram or something to let him know he's uh he can I'll pick up his Snapchat. award. Snapchat yes, yeah, something, <laughs> something like that. Guys, we need to do an ad. Yes, we have to do an advert, and I have no idea which one it is, so I need to queue that up. Um, <laughs> yes, it's our good friends over at Ben Online, of course. There should be graphics, but they don't work with four people, nevertheless. Betonline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. What they care about is the football. It's the postseason. What the hell? Betonline anyway. <laughs> You can find all the latest play developments, team matchups, news podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find. Listen, if you were following a tipster, Ben Verlander, you would be broke right now. He has predicted (laughs) absolutely no one correctly in any of the series thus far. Do not listen to Ben Verlander at all. Get yourselves over to betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. It includes, yes, MLB. MMA, boxing and golf. You can head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Whew, okay. And where are we going next? We are going to the Paul Severino sponsored moment of the year. And this is probably our final award of this episode, Tuesday's episode. And for me, um, there's, there's a few nice moments, nice games that stand out for me uh, in the poll was Sandy's complete game versus the Cardinals, Sandy's complete game against the Dodgers, Sandy's complete game against the Braves, and Sandy's two Ks in the All-Star game. There may be a few others, but for me, this was a, this was all about Sandy Alcantara this season. The moments are all about Sandy Alcantara. Um, I will come to Kenny first on this one. Come, so the Paul Severino moment of the year, it doesn't have to be any of those, but I just wanted to shine a light on Sandy's excellence and brilliance. For me, that was the time when I've never heard Paul Severino as animated in that Cardinals game. <laughs> he was absolutely pumped for a Marlins comeback win in late May in what was a turgid season. Way overhyped. Nevertheless, it was fun to listen to him. Kenny, what have you got for us on this one?
3: That's it. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's listen, you, when you want to think of great moments, right, in in, in a disaster of a season by the Marlins, mm-hmm. What are you going to do? You're going to think back to the best player on the team, who is also everyone's favorite player on the team. Yeah. When you go to do that, you're going to think of the best moment of his season. And it's crazy how if you got Sandy's best moments, right, and then you try to get every other Marlins player's best moments, he still beats them by a lot with yep. best moments. Uh, that game, like just everything about it, we, we a lot of Me included, were so upset with the way Mattingly was handling a lot of these late game situations with, uh, you know, taking out Sandy or or just random things like that he would do. And this was kind of the game where it felt like Marlon's Twitter, like if you got a USB and plugged it into Sandy's brain and then he just looked at the dugout and he was like, "Uh, motherfucker, you sit down like you're not taking me out (laughs) of this damn game. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. I know we're trying to keep it PG, but that's exactly <laughs> what was going through my mind was me and Sandy were brothers in this very moment. He was my Dominican brother, and he was telling Mattingly, bro, sit down. If you take me out of this game, I'm taking off my jersey like LeBron, and I'm walking into the tunnel, and I'm out of here. And <laughs> the, 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 the the save, the point back at the dugout, the, like, just trust me. Like, you know what I do. Like, this is what I do. Like, you guys finesse me on a contract for me to do shit like this. Like, Easily, easily, easily. One of the best moments really, like, other than when they clinched in in that COVID season, one of the best Marlins moments that I've experienced, like watching you know, obviously my favorite Marlins player ever, Jose Fernandez, and he used to be like that every time out, right? Mm -hmm. And watching Sandy do that is the closest thing I've felt to, like, watching Jose Fernandez again. Just the pure dominance for just stretches at a time, especially with the way the league's changing and the stuff he does, man. It's I love that guy. I really do love Sandy Alcantara. Like he's getting into my top 5 Marlins player ever like with the way in a, in a, in such a crappy season, you know, like to just stick it out and be like, "You know what, bro? I got to every 5 days I got to try and bring out the best in in my teammates and and myself and he did it." Like he's love that guy to death.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Sam, what about you on this one where I mean, that game had so much. Yeah. No that man visit, you know, he's shouting into his gloves saying, Donnie sit down. Like you said, you know, he's going <laughs> to tear, tear off his Jersey and get he out was of there. He's-
1: so animated. Yeah. The moment that he was like the audacity of you to come up here and try to think that I'm going to give you this ball. No, that was, that was the defining moment. Um, and it also felt like it was the moment where we realized that Sandy was about to have a really special season. Mm. Um, he, it was a, it was a, a defining moment in his, uh, in his Cy Young campaign, his career. It was also uh, a great collective Marlins Twitter, moment because it was like it, during the commercial break going into the ninth we're like if, if he's not out there we're all going to light <laughs> we're gonna light don mattingly on fire collectively um he's done he's done um i think back so obviously that's number one and i and i was trying to think of something that wasn't on the initial list and i was and i was trying to think of the thing that i watched the most um as far as replays going i think it's mm-hmm. jesus sanchez's like uh nearly 500 foot home run uh yeah. in uh, in course that was an absolute nuke. It looked like it was going to go completely out of the stadium. He had that raw power that we know he's capable of. And we were all pulling for a big Jesus Sanchez year. Um, I think at that point it was, it was starting to become a little apparent that he had holes in his swing. Um, And it didn't matter in that moment. He just ripped that ball down the right field line. And it was, it was, it was an iconic moment for me yeah it was Nick, Nick
3: Cortez walk off home run for me by the way would be my second
1: oh that's a good it, answer too because
3: he's he's, a, he's one of my other favourite players on the team based off the stuff I've heard of him and the way he acts like in the locker room and stuff he seems to be like a
0: very funny dude but that that's another one of those moments for me yeah for sure Sean anything else you want to add in uh, into the mix here uh, so yeah no that start is definitely the start
2: I think the idea of him sort of I would have pointed at the bullpen and said well who who are you going to bring <laughs> in that's, that's better than me right now <laughs> Um, Honourable mentions, uh, Coop walk-off, obviously. That was the day after the, the big team meeting when they were supposed to be coming out flat. They obviously got the win the night before. Um, the That period as well, the Astadio dive into home plate, if we're talking about oh, yeah. uh, replays I've watched the most. That's probably one of them because it's yeah. just...
0: Big this, guy could move. Yeah, big
2: guy, big guy moving and, and hitting the deck. Trey
0: Turner-esque, wasn't
2: it, that slide? It was It was something else for sure. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's Sandy. Sandy deserves, I mean, it is a case of which complete game Sandy win do we choose from. I mean, he is what's kept us going, or well, at least me, for the whole season. You know, the, the reasons to watch games late into the year sometimes are a bit waning for Marlins fans. But he no, kept no. us in it for sure.
0: No doubt. That is the game of the year. It's the moment of the year. And what we shouldn't forget as well, Avisel Garcia with the two-run bomb to get it to the ninth as well. It was <laughs> Avisel's moment of the year in some ways. I know we hit a salami later in the year, but like, that was Avi's moment too, where I was like, oh... Is Avi turning the corner? Is this it? no. He, that's he that's his greatest. That's his greatest contribution in in
3: in maybe his baseball career so far <laughs> is contributing to Sandy Cy Young campaign. And I'm not Agreed. even remotely joking that that's up there. And it stinks because I wish he would have done more. Obviously, but that was that's it. That like him doing that because obviously I love you. You bring it up how like Marlon's Twitter the our thoughts right the commercial break what are we looking for? We're looking for that camera angle, of, like Sandy in the dugout and it's him just sitting alone. Or if it's him talking to Mel, you know, he got taken out of the game. Yeah. When obviously Garcia steps up to the plate there, I just immediately slouch in, in my couch little <laughs> cat in the hat right there for you. But, and I just think like, this is going to hell. He's going to roll over on a slider and the game's done. So shout out to to Avi for, for doing one
0: good thing in his Marlins career. so far. <laughs> I mean that was worth 53 million, I'd say just that one bot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had <laughs> yeah. that moment with Sandy. <laughs> 53 million two run Jack in May.
1: Also yeah. against his former team. That was another cool part of it, against the Cardinals.
0: Was that the yes. team with the Cardinals? Yes. No, no, no. Oh, Sandy. Sandy, sorry. Sandy, Oh, Sandy, Sandy. Sandy sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I was thinking, wow, how he gets around. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sandy. Yeah, from the with that trade, obviously coming from, from the cards. What a trade, by the way. So we shouldn't we yeah. should never forget that. It was one of the trades you. of all time. Miss you, Miss you Mike Hill. I know actually. And and we're going to wrap it up there guys for, for the first episode of this. And it's funny that we mentioned Mike Hill because that is where we're going to start the next episode and tomorrow's awards. And the first one is the Mike Hill quote of the year award. So we're going to start there. So be sure to return tomorrow guys on Wednesday to continue awards night as we continue to give out tons of gongs and tons of laughs and conversation. No doubt. In the meantime, thanks to Sean, to Sam, and also to Kenny. We're back tomorrow.